Hi, I'm Erin Marcus, former corporate executive turned entrepreneur and founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business. Welcome to the Ready Yet podcast. We're excited to bring you more than 100 episodes of interviews and insights designed to help entrepreneurs get the financial and emotional freedom they need in order to build a business and a life they're proud of. Welcome, welcome. I am excited to introduce you to my guest today, Tammy Trenta of Family Financial. We had an amazing conversation some time ago. I love me a woman in finance, so we'll get into all the things. But before we go into your story and what you have to share, why don't you give people a little bit more formal introduction to who you are and what you do? Sure. So my name is Tammy Trent. I'm the founder and CEO of Family Financial, which is a integrative wealth management firm. And so for those folks not with the crazy backgrounds we have, what does integrated mean to you? So to me, integrative means that we take a holistic approach. We don't only look at someone's investments. We don't only look at somebody's taxes. We don't only look at someone's insurance. We look at everything. Um, We look at their business. We look at their personal stuff. And we believe that that helps clients make better financial decisions when it's viewed holistically. Absolutely. I think whether it's money, whether it's health, Anytime you're in a position where either A, you have to go find four different subject matter experts and then take what they're each giving you and put it together yourself, you know, there's an inherent loss of opportunity in that process, let alone an inherent gain of stress, right? Yes, that is true. That is definitely true. In fact, I, I have a integrative doctor. And I mean, the holistic approach, I think, makes so much sense to me on so many levels. It doesn't only apply to finance, but so many other aspects of life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it goes back to, you know, years, years, years ago when I was in the financial world, um, a gentleman that I knew and worked with a lot, what he said, and I, I absolutely agreed with him and see, see what your thoughts are, that the that environment has gotten so complex that no one can any longer be an expert in all the things. And what you want is that quarterback that can then get you all the pieces that you need and advocate on your behalf. Yeah, I think that's a great way of looking at it. I think we see ourselves, I like to call ourselves relentless advocates for our clients. And so we try to synthesize the information because There is so much coming at us today, more than ever. I mean, people are coming to me with TikTok videos. About their money, right? About of advice. And how do you, because look, I do it too. I'm looking and hey, I just bought a pair of boots on Facebook yesterday. I have a pair. The shoes I currently own that get the most compliments were a Facebook ad. (laughs) So I hear you. I hear you. So it, I'm, you're curious about things and, you know, I welcome people sharing that because I think putting it into context with someone who really knows you and your situation can help you determine whether, you know, that's something you should explore or not. And the truth is the way our brains work, 
the things that we're surrounded by, we tend to believe because they normalize themselves because we're surrounded by them. Yes. So I think it's, it's also the same with what we believe is what our phones reinforce to us through articles and Maybe I said something and all of a sudden I'm getting an ad. It's oh my God. <laughs> that just happened to my boyfriend and a coworker. They were on a Zoom call and he suggested something to her. Very Oh, I know what it was. One of the gifts that he got me last year for the holidays and we're buying them. I don't think my nieces watch my you my <laughs> or maybe this will come out after Christmas. But there's these bracelets and they have like sea turtles on them or elephants. And basically it's through a charity that the money then goes to wildlife funds and things mm -hmm. like that. And it's fun because it comes with a phone tracker. Like the, you can get information on the actual animal and the tracker. And it's really cool. It's very cute. It's really cool. It does come with something tangible that the kids will like, but at the same time, it's got a conservation aspect to it. So he was just telling her this while they were on Zoom. And the next time she went online, an ad, she had never heard of this thing. It has a really weird name. It, an ad for it popped up. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, they're listening <laughs> in ways that we don't even know. <laughs> so, aside from that, you know, little crazy sidetrack, because that just freaked me out yesterday. How did you get to the holistic approach? Like, what? Because I know from our conversation, you're very experienced past your experience with wealth management and the financial services, but usually there's an impetus, right? When somebody goes out on their own, there's usually a reason. Like mm -hmm. for me, I got older, I was bored. I'm like, okay, there's something more to the world that I'm not seeing. Let me go do my own thing. So tell everybody a little bit about, because I think people can learn just from even that journey, mm -hmm. what was going on in your world that caused you want to leave and do this instead? Yes. So I mean, there were two really defining moments for me that led me to where I am today. The first was in college. My parents both went bankrupt and they were going through divorce. They lost all their money. And I had planned to go to law school after college and I didn't have any money. I was going to have to take out student loans. I had to go get a job. And, you know, it was this time in my life where, like many, you're just going on your own for the first time. And then I realized that I have no safety net. And that aspect of feeling financially insecure really scared me. Mm -hmm. And so when it came time to pursue advanced an advanced degree, I, I went out and I worked first to figure out what I wanted to do. And one of the jobs that I had originally was in a financial services firm. And the whole concept of learning about money really resonated with me. And I thought, well, if nothing else, I'll learn how to do this for me. So what happened to my parents didn't happen, doesn't happen to me. And then ended up pursuing an MBA in finance and pursuing the CFP and just that really forced me in the direction. And then during that journey, I loved the financial planning aspect of it. Um, it made so much more sense to me than 
what the majority of our industry does where there's really no planning. It's what's your risk tolerance and here's the, how much money do you have and how, you know, what are you willing to risk? And then here, I'll just plug it into my computer and give you a piece of advice. Yeah. There's two simple questions that end up in, and there's just so much more to it than that. And so the idea of just throwing a dart at a dartboard scared me, right? Risk, not really knowing if it's going to go up or down. And so, you know, my second year of business school, I pursued the CFP and I really liked that there was a methodology to the process and the outcome was better. So, you know, I became a financial planner and I did that for a long time. Um, And then I, I had you know, through your career, you work at different firms, you see what you like, what could be improved, you feel the inherent limitations. Mm -hmm. And for the majority of my career, I was, you know, I guess I would consider uh, it working at a broker, which Mm -hmm. meant that the firm had their investments, and they recommended them to clients. And, you know, I never really felt like I could I could be as objective as I wanted to be because, you know, we're responsible for shareholders, profits and all these other things. Right. And one of the things, though, about just to point this out, I love the way you're saying that because it doesn't make any of those things wrong or bad. Yeah. Right. They don't have to be wrong or bad to be not the right fit for us. Correct. And I don't think that our industry is bad. I mean, sometimes... We get, you know, you see stuff on the news where, you know, the subprime mortgage crisis and all those type of things where greed really gets the better of, you know, people who were leading those publicly traded firms. But, you know, at an individual people who are bad, not industries. There you go. Yeah. Those decisions are made by people. And I think because I just felt so strongly about doing the right and not feeling any conflict of interest, I moved into the independent space Mm -hmm. of the market. And so for people who don't know, 90% of the industry are, you know, publicly traded firms. They act in a broker capacity, meaning that they can recommend two things and it's okay for them to recommend something that maybe pays them more if they're similar. And when you become an independent advisor, you're held to a legal standard, we call it a fiduciary standard to put clients' interests above our own interests. And the only way you can do it effectively is to not be compensated differently on different financial products. Right. So it led me into that field. And as a planner, it it does become, you know, you mentioned earlier, you've got four people you're trying to manage. Well, as a financial planner, as the quarterback, I'm calling estate planning attorneys. I may or may not get a call back. I'm calling the accountant. They're unavailable. And so the collaboration becomes overwhelming. And I thought to myself, this is great. This is not working. I feel very altruistic that this is the way it should be. And can this be created on my own? And so that's what my goal was to create like a one-stop shop to Mm -hmm. where we're all collaborating internally, you know, tax and legal and all those things, but the client doesn't have to talk to five different people. Love what you're learning here and interested in more? 
Check out conqueryourbusiness.com to get immediate access to all sorts of additional resources and stay updated on our upcoming training events. You see that in so many, you know, I don't know why this popped into my mind, probably because I'm in massive planning mode, but you see that in a lot of different fields, like this idea of all in one to make your life easier. Yeah, because life is but more complicated than it's ever been. I mean, there's a reason. The, the other piece of this from a marketing perspective, and as I'm talking to you, people can really not just listen to what you have to offer in terms of advice, but look at your own businesses and where are you forcing your client to walk out your door and get help that's adjacent to what you do? Mm-hmm. And how could you actually help them better? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It doesn't mean that you don't have your specialty, but if you want you know, and it just so happens that we're going into 2023 and things are getting, you know, I want to say last year, the 2022 was unsettling. This 23 is not unsettling. We know there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Like the confusion is gone because we know there's a problem, um, which is kind of oddly nice because things settle once we've got a decision, whether that decision be good or bad. But where are you led? Like, it's more important now more than ever. Where are you not serving somebody where you could be and mm-hmm. how could that change if you here's the thing if they're listening to us because this is who I track they're in a relationship management mm-hmm. I don't do transactional businesses mm-hmm. and so what you've done is really from a client focus how can I do what I love and make it better for them like it's how hard is this right win-win yeah and I think when you you see the pain points there's there's the the pain points that the client has, and then there's the pain points that the advisor has. Um, and I, I can tell you that the, the, when we do it all, it is so much better. It's like an aha moment where you're like, this is why we exist. This is what it, this is why. And, and everyone on the team, we all have that same why like, I don't know if you listen to Simon. Oh, yeah. It's like, what is your why? And we all, we've seen it, we've experienced it, and we believe that this is. So really- when, you're, when you're cultivating your helpers, like when you're cultivating your advisors, from that standpoint, it makes sense to find somebody who, if you're going to hire them, whether it's, again, with a doctor, a lawyer, financial planner, tax are they in alignment? Not just do they check the box, but are they in alignment with what you're trying to do? It's the biggest, the biggest variable. And you can't even have a conversation unless they are philosophically aligned. So that's number one. Um, What I look for more than anything is the passion and the belief. And you, you know, sometimes if you're meeting those that are maybe just entering the industry or younger and, you know, looking for a mentoring type of relationship. If they have the passion for it, I will invest in them because I see what their potential could be. And if you're looking to punch a time clock or just kill the time, like I don't, it's not, to me, it's not a sustainable relationship. And so relationships, like you said, 
the relationships with clients that we have, like I look at them as marriages, they require effort. You know, there's, there's things to do on both sides. And it's the same with employees. Like you're married to these people, you're with them for most of the day. And so you really, you know, it's, it's a lot of responsibility, but I would take that any day over having, you know, someone else be telling me the way that I should do things. Absolutely. So let's switch gears here while we have a little bit of time left, because not only is your journey, can people learn from your journey, but your subject matter expertise is kind of right on par for the audience here. So as we wrap up 2022, people hear this in the beginning of 23, what are, you know, let's start with the mistakes that you see people make, or what do you want you know, if you're a business owner, what would be some great advice that you would give these solopreneurs who are looking to become entrepreneurs and grow? Like I, my first one is do this sooner rather than later, right? You don't have to wait for this and then I'll let you take it from there. I mean, I I think you're never going to be ready. You're never going to feel ready. And for, for me, it was just a big enough pain point to where I didn't see another alternative. I didn't, and I, I, so it it sort of forced me. And then, yes, you do it. You're like, man, I should have done it earlier. Right. Yes. But I think every team should have three components to it. And, and that's having the entrepreneur, you need the artist and you need the manager. And so you can be multiple things, but there might be one thing that you're not good at. And if you're not, then you need to find somebody who is. And so I like to use the 80% rule if I can outsource something and they can do an 80% as good as I can. It's worth outsourcing. (laughs) I have the same rule. My (laughs) other version of that is don't spend a long time to do a bad job. It's something someone else can spend a short time doing a good job. I like it. Yes. It's it's exactly right. (laughs) And then what about for their finances? What do you see some of the big mistakes that your clients make that you can kind of head off for some folks that are listening? Well, I think it's really important to be deliberate and proactive. And so when someone starts a business, you make a lot of mistakes just inherently. And so if you are getting into a business that is not what you've been doing, it's not a bad idea to go and learn on someone else's dime first, see what the pros and cons are. And it will help you to make fewer mistakes when you finally do launch. From a financial perspective, I mean, there's a lot of things every year I try to improve and things that maybe I spent money on that I shouldn't have. But uh, getting on top of your taxes, doing a year end projection, having a strong bookkeeping team. A lot of accountants will not do a projection for you at the end of the year if you're small And there's enough tax planners out there that do. So I'm right now in the middle of, you know, tax projection season where I'm meeting with my clients and saying, here's what you're going to owe. Here's what we can do to try to get that down, coming up with those solutions. Because once the year passes, there's a lot more limited limitations on what you're able to do. And then you don't get the surprise tax bill because, 
let's say you are a Schedule C, like sole proprietor. Some of them don't even, they're like, gosh, my tax is so high. Yeah, because you're paying federal tax, state tax, and both sides of the payroll. Both sides of the payroll. That was a big shocker to me is that if you don't do the S-Corp election, you end up with self-employment taxes. That's right. So, I mean, those are things you want to do before the end of the year. And, you know, maybe it, I don't know when this is airing, but <laughs> maybe it's too late. Sooner but. rather than later. <laughs> Sooner rather than later. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if people want to reach out and continue this conversation with you, what, I mean, and I highly, highly recommend, I'm a big fan of the holistic approach. I've seen too many horror stories of um, gaps where, the person you hired checked the boxes and did a good job, but they didn't assume it was part of their role to fill in your gaps. Yes. Right. And the holistic approach mm-hmm. just inherently prevents that. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of our core values is yes, it is our job. Love and it. another one is a path to yes. So we don't do that. It's like, how can we do this? And it's sort of a different way of thinking, but it's also empowering to think outside of, you know, those lines or the box and really try to come up with solutions for clients. You know, it might not have anything to do with investments sometimes. It's buying a house or a car, but they're still financial decisions. And yeah, having someone to bounce those ideas off of really helps prevent people from making, you know, impulsive or, or decisions that are not well thought out. Yeah, more data dis- data driven decisions. Yes, hundred million percent. So, how does someone get in touch with you? How do they find you? Where I'm sure you're not hiding, but no, that's um, the best way to do that. Our website is familyfinancial.biz. B I Z. Um, and so we can be contacted through there. And also, I would say my biggest presence is probably on LinkedIn. And so that's Tammy Trenta. So you can go there and find me there, too. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing your story. There was a lot of big, a lot of big nuggets in there for people who are considering making changes, setting up their businesses, doing all the things and, and an overall approach to making sure that How do they do it best for them and best for the client? And I love the fact that it's so front and center for you that those two things are actually in alignment. This is not an either or that these things go together. Yeah, no, totally agree. And I I appreciate your time. Thank you, Erin. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ready Yet podcast. I truly enjoy bringing these stories of success and inspiration to you. Please join us in our mission to empower entrepreneurs to be in charge of their businesses and in charge of their lives by sharing this with anyone you know who would benefit from our tactical and motivating advice, leaving us a review, and letting us know if there are any particular topics you would really appreciate hearing about. See you next time.